0: is up, wrestling fans, your host with the most, George McKay, I'm in the building. Here with my cohort in crime, man who has a face for radio, Steve the Animal Mitchell. <laughs> Steve the Animal
1: Mitchell, I'm smiling, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a really fun episode.
0: <laughs> this is, this is, we, we've now hit our milestone, 50 in, now yeah. this is the next phase. I guess you'd say this is our phase two, much like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Or if you were Pantera, it would be, I new level. <laughs> level. I can't do it like you can do it, I'll try my best, I can't. I sound like like an old guy wheezing when he gets up in the morning.
1: That's alright, mine sounded like wheezing too. (laughs) So this
0: is our phase two, if you will, of our podcast universe, and today is an exciting show. We'll get into the concept and the subject of the show right after we do our annual segment, the segment everybody loves. Shots fired. Pew pew. So Shotsfire, we got two subjects we want to touch on today. Only take two minutes each, and then we're gonna move into the meat and potatoes of today's show. Uh, first first subject is Mr. Paul Heyman. Yeah. And his Academy Award-winning interview he did with Renee Young on WWE.com. Probably single-handedly the best promo I have seen in the last five years. I'm gonna go out and say that. Correct. Last five years, it was, it gave me everything. It gave me drama excitement, fear, pain, love. At the end of it all, I just wanted to hug him and rub his bald head and kiss him and say, (laughs) I love you, you fat bastard. You're amazing. But honestly and truly, uh, if anybody from the Academy, uh, the Actors Guild, the Directors Guild, anybody that that picks the winners at the Oscars. Give that man an award. (laughs) Give that man an award. Give Give him an acting award, an Oscar award, best supporting role. I don't care. He sold it so well. Yeah, and... He he made you hate Brock Lesnar that little bit more, and then right at the end, he's like telling you how Roman Reigns can't win, he can't can't do it, and then right at the end he says unless. And I don't know about you, but every wrestling fan was probably like on the edge of their seat. Unless, unless what? Unless what? And then he just thank you. He takes the mic. No, give me more. Yeah, you, you jerk. You're a horrible <laughs> person. But honestly, I love it. I loved this slow burner that you've been talking about. You've been you've been just stressing the point for so many years, how it's all tying in. And finally, finally, Roman is now over, Brock is done, and we can see, hopefully, a light at the end of the tunnel. Unless they screw us again, and Brock goes on to January with that damn Universal title, I'm going to blow my brains out. Yeah, wow. I don't.
1: Th- I don't believe that's going to happen. Not in the way things are going now.
0: So, what's your thoughts on? Like, I just gave my whole. I, I loved everything about it. Paul yeah. Heyman. Paul Heyman is the sexiest man alive to me right now. <laughs> but what's your what's your thoughts on it? I'll give you a minute. What, what do you got? I think this thing is going
1: absolutely in the way that it's supposed to go. I think it's. Uh, I think it's for the the that 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 fan that's just so fed up with what's going on, and they want to see everything exactly. George's got his hand raised, and there's a lot of other people that would be in any building that you put. Roman Reigns and that are just waiting for something to change and are waiting for the new thing to happen and I believe that's what this whole thing has all been about. I think it's just been Triple H uh, doing what he loves to do best in all of his storylines and the way that he did things in the way that a lot of really the best storylines were ever portrayed as these things were slow burners, but these things took years for them to finally culminate in the way that they were going to culminate and also in turn was leaving everybody in the exact same way, leaving them thinking, I want change, I want something different, I want something in the way that we want it to change, and I know that that's the way this is going to go. In SummerSlam, now they've set it up that Brock Lesnar is the most violent, Paul said it himself in in the interview, I thought it was amazing the way he set it up, Brock is the most violent that he's ever been, and now Roman Reigns is the babyface. They pushed him over, and they got him to the place where now fans are cheering the crap out of him. And, they, and they're, they're, they're just waiting for that change to finally happen. I think we're going to get that at SummerSlam.
0: I like it. I like it. I think you're right. You hit the nail in the coffin there. And I, myself, I don't believe he's the guy, but I'll take him right now. <laughs> I will take him right now because I just I want to change. And you got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, making Heyman the head writer of Raw it's brilliant. Ever since he took over a few weeks ago, everything. Is just better. The production level has gotten so much better. Yeah. Thank you, Vince McMahon, for getting your head out of your ass and giving me Paul Heyman as my head writer again.
1: Just giving yeah. Paul the head writing job he needed it. And straight up, I think this is also a thing that's uh, supposed to be for just you know, in that in that quote unquote kayfabe way of doing it. Get it's, him off TV. Get him off TV. And yeah. that's the best way to do it is to just turn him on 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 Lesnar and just really like have that turn happen, and then he can. Right off in the sunset, he can go behind the scenes, do his thing, and doesn't have to worry about pulling double duty. Because that's the thing what people don't really truly understand is the fact that it's like as much as you're being a writer, you also have to worry about TV time and making sure you're hitting all your your bullet points and making sure
0: you're nailing everything. Well, that's why on TV. that's why we don't see Vince, Stephanie, Triple H near as much. Mm-hmm. That's why you have GMs set in place. They say what the owners want them to say. Exactly. To keep storylines moving forward. So that's why you've created these GM characters, if you will. Yeah. Because let's face it. Kurt Angle is not, by any stance, uh, a leader of any kind. <laughs> and Paige is just there because she's one of the most beautiful women in the world. Sorry, i got to say it. Oh, baby girl. She's, <laughs> oh, whatever <laughs> she says every week. Mm. And,
1: <laughs> yeah, and I totally get it. That's why they create all that stuff because they need all those people. They, they, they need the, the big people behind the scenes to be creating and to be constantly creating and, and straight up. Um, from from what I understand, from a creator standpoint, it just it never stops. It's literally as much as TV is going, and as whatever the wrestlers are getting put through. That's one thing compared to what the creators are actually constantly just creating. And if it's if it's any insight into it, is just listening to people who have tagged along with you know Vince McMahon in the car while still writing and still going from the night before. From the last show to when you gotta go create the new show and then from that show you gotta go create the new show and it's literally kind of a running a mile away. Yeah, minute, the writers aren't back
0: there. They're not back there. They're not sitting there watching the T V and enjoying the show. They're in a room somewhere with a with a coffee pot yeah. and a pack of cigarettes and they're just going to town.
1: And recreating <laughs> as the show is going on. That's why people are sitting there so confused sometimes when they sit there and go, What the hell? We thought it was gonna go this way and then it went totally this way. That that must be a that must be something of a rewrite or that must be something of you know, Vince kind of playing emotional standpoint of it was going this way, but we need to
0: actually go this way. I think it's so a the crowd. Creativity. I yeah. think whichever way the crowd's blowing in that arena on that given Monday or given Tuesday, exactly the storylines move. All right, let's move on to the second part of Shots fired. <laughs> My boy. Yeah. Daniel Bryan finally it's coming, it's happening. SummerSlam, we're like literally a week away, week yeah. and a half away now from the biggest party of the summer. And the card is already going exactly where you wanted it to be. Yeah. I mean, we could even touch on AJ Styles and Samojo and how great that storyline is shaping up. But we won't. We're only going to focus on Miz and Brian. So Brian goes to Miz's set of Miz and Mrs And actually literally beats the crap out of him on the set. Yeah, And it's such a great shoot because it, it gets both both shows huge, pub, huge publicity. Anybody who's not a diehard wrestling fan but just loves Miz and Maurice. They're now going to tune in to find out what the hell's going on on his actual full-time job, mm-hmm. and then you've got the wrestling fans who are going to be like, <laughs> "I got to watch Miz and Mrs. now because I got to figure out what's going on over there." But if you haven't checked out the show, I've watched the first two episodes with my wife. Hilarious! I love it. I think it's I think it's a breath of fresh air for the whole uh, wrestling reality TV universe that they've created. It's not focusing so much on the business; it's focusing more on them which is what you need in reality shows to take yeah. them away. Like, it touches here and there on the business, but not as bad as Total Bellas, or not as bad as Total Divas.
1: Yeah, it just focuses on their
0: lives and what they're actually, like, what what they do in their, their normal everyday life. For me, KFAB. I know it's KFAB, but I love it. It's entertaining as shit. And... Uh, I just want to see these two go at it, because this is this is a slow-burner storyline in itself. This has been brewing for two years. Yeah, this
1: is the biggest storyline in the history of slow-burning storylines that has ever been created. In literally the history of any slow-burner that has ever happened. This is the biggest, longest-running, episodic, whatever Raw is, <laughs> this is the biggest, longest, episodic thing that has ever transpired in the history of storylines. This
0: storyline and the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar storyline, th- these are both very... These are. Uh, very on omni- on om- omni- omnipotent if you will of uh 1980s mm-hmm. where you really only had three or four pay-per-views a year uh look at bret hart owen hart right we touched on that last last week's episode uh episode 50 the career profile of owen hart if you haven't checked it, it's still available on all our platforms but um we touched on that that was a two-year storyline two-year yeah. storyline with only really three matches in it yeah but it was a two-year storyline and same thing with these. Like these are, these. are I, I love how they're kind of incorporating that old school style in with the new school. You know, give us a little tidbit here and there. Okay, here's a bone for you. Yeah. But then finally now they're culminating, culminating. And I couldn't be more excited about this one. When all the smoke clears and the dust settles, this will most likely be the best match on the card. And the, the funny thing about it is it's not for a title. Yeah. And those are sometimes the best match. When it's just a grudge match, a pure hatred match, a pure match for pride, those are the matches that you remember. Yeah. You don't really remember the guys who were going for the gold. You remember the guys who just were going to prove to the other guy that they're that much better. So this one is gonna be a this one's gonna be a ten star. That's right, David. Meltzer. ten star. <laughs> Stole my seven star. I'm not gonna let you steal my ten. But what do you got on this one? Uh, go quick because we want to yeah. get into the want to get into the full concept of today's show. But what do you what do you got on this one? You are you in agreement with me that this is gonna be probably the best match on. The Summerslam card.
1: Oh, I think so. I definitely and I, yeah, I totally agree with you. I just the only thing that I really wish is that there was a stipulation involved. I really wish that there was more of a, a just a let them go, let them let them do anything they want to each other because this is like that kind of that set the tone. For, well, there is
0: still one more smackdown
1: exactly and that there's a chance for that to happen as well where like somebody like Paige comes in sees what's going on and goes you know what we got to make this a false count anywhere you know what we got to make this and anything goes you know what we got to make this a, you know that that kind of a thing or put them in a cage or put them in like let them what let stipulation absolutely would you like destroy
0: to st- each other what stipulation if she did came come out and say okay we're gonna add something to this what would be the stipulation you would want for this match anything goes Anything goes, whatsoever. So give me an Extreme Rules, False Count Anywhere, TLC-type style match. Like, really? Like that kind of, Exactly. Like
1: that kind of a... So what, basically, think, you want a street fight. I did, yeah, sorry. That's that, That's what I was actually really envisioning in my head. Was there, but I couldn't really... I was like, what am I actually trying to think of now? No, street fight. Because I would love to see them absolutely just go at it, destroy each other. But then there's also... there's Obviously, this, is, this isn't going to be just a one match and a one and done. This is going to go for like two more matches. So it's gonna be a trilogy of epic proportions, and so that being said, there's a chi- let's see the wrestling match, now that I'm thinking about it, really making this total on spot right now. Let's make this just the wrestling match, because they're both amazing wrestlers, for and what the they are, so let them
0: On the rubber match. Exactly. I like it. All right, and that is... <laughs> today, but that's okay, no problem. All right, now, today's epic episode. As we all know, I am a comic book fan. I've always been a comic book fan. Shout out our friends at Comic Inc. If you like comic books, check out their podcasts. It's really good. Comics Inc? Comics Inc. But I've always been a comic book fan. I have my collection right here in the Straight Stock Studios. I read them in my downtime. Uh, one of my favorite series growing up as a kid was a series Marvel did called What If. Now, the concept of the What If was taking already existing storylines but putting a spin. For example, The Punisher. We all know The Punisher became The Punisher because his family got killed. Yep. They did one issue. and It was only one issue. These was one-off issue. If, what if his family never got killed? Yeah. Or Daredevil. We all know he's blind, but his senses are heightened, therefore giving him the abilities that he has. What if Daredevil was never blind? Mm-hmm. What if Wolverine killed the Hulk? What if Doctor Strange never found the temple in the mountains? So forth and so on. Yeah. So all these storylines that we know and love from Marvel, they did a spin on what if this didn't happen? And that's... That's the concept of today's show. Great ideal.
1: Great ideal and great awesome thing to think about when it comes to all that stuff. When you know the storylines, you're so familiar with them and so familiarized. Why not throw a what if in there? What would it be like if this
0: actually transpired this way? And as we always do, it's a conversation that real fans have all the time. Yeah. If you're a real diehard wrestling fan, you will sit around with your buddies watching a pay-per-view or watching Raw or watching SmackDown and be like, you know, remember that sweet storyline that those guys did? What if they did it this way? Yeah. Because everyone and every wrestling fan wants to be a writer. Most of them can't. Yeah. We have our own platform, so we can do whatever we want. Right. (laughs) And that's what today's episode's about, what ifs. So, out of all the storylines that we possibly could have figured out, or possibly could have wanted to talk about, Steve and I have kind of picked away through the litter, the garbage, if you will, and we came down with our top three what ifs. And we're going to go one by one, because I don't want to give them all away, because then you won't listen. We're going to go one by one. Steve? Lay down to all our listeners what the first "what if" is, and
1: this is this is a big "what if" because this is something I've, I've I've thought about on and off for uh, the last few years. Is what if Madison Square Garden, or in other words, the curtain call for all those who know it and know it very well, didn't
0: happen, and what if that storyline was to, was completely different? Well, oh, it's a big one for me because this this indirectly involves my my man crush my all-time favorite, Triple H, right? Yeah. And we all know that this, this particular incident caused him to literally eat it for a year. And when I say eat it, if you go back and listen to our career profile on Triple H, which is still available on all our platforms, ha-ha, <laughs> all kinds today. <laughs> but if you go back and you listen to those episodes, we actually highlight, after the curtain call, how he literally had to eat it for a year. And two words for you. Sorry, three words. Slop, bucket matches <laughs> I say matches because there was more than one <laughs>
1: yeah
0: and he had them with the Godwins Triple H and the Godwins had like a heated rivalry back in the day and that was a direct result of this incident yeah so the question is where would these four be if this incident never happened and it's exactly. intriguing so for me I know that Triple H we all know that Triple H was supposed to get gonna get king of the ring was gonna get a huge push If the curtain call never happens, Triple H gets that push. I say Triple H becomes a champion earlier than he did in his actual career. Goes on to have a serious run. Not only have a serious run, but have an epic feud with Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm. And I think that feud, those two guys in the prime, their prime, that feud would have gone on for at least a year. And I'm going to put a serious number on this. I'm going to say Triple H would have held the title. After King of Ring, he would have got the push for the title. He would have held that WWF at the time championship for 465 days. That's how long I'm going to say the run would have been if the curtain call never happened. Now, regardless or not if the curtain call happened or didn't, Diesel and Razor and Ramon were still going to WCW. That was enough. Ine- that was that was happening. So those two guys, you got to take them out of the equation. The only one that this really affects is Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And I'm going to say that Triple H would have became a champion, had a crazy awesome 465-day 65 day run, and I think he would have been way over above Shawn Michaels. And therefore, if that happened, we don't get the showstopper. We don't get Mr. WrestleMania. He had matches, great ma- WrestleMania matches up to that point, but we don't get what happened after. And maybe we don't get him leaving the company for two years because of drug addiction. Maybe we don't get that. Maybe we don't get the apparent back injury. Maybe we don't get all these things. But that's the way I see it. I see Triple H going over above Shawn Michaels and actually becoming the face of the company earlier than he did. That's my take on the what if. That's what I got. What do you What do you say? Um, I actually,
1: I, I, I couldn't have really put it better myself. I actually really, I, I totally agree with you on every front because of the fact that, uh, Michael's from his standpoint because you're absolutely right about Razor and uh, Diesel. I'm gonna just back up for a minute. Razor and Diesel, yeah, they're they're Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, they're going NWO, all that stuff. So therefore, you really gotta only point the finger at Sean and and Triple H. So it's really putting those two in the equation. Sean, just a complete bat out of hell with every single drug addiction and every single egomaniac thing, and you and and completely attested to the fact that he's even spouted off an interview of later on after he got clean and sober. That really, after all the Shawn Michaels things started, and Shawn uh, Rickenbottom, Rick and Bottom, I believe that's his last name. I think that's how you say his last name. Bottom. Um, Bottom. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Bottom. I'm like Rick and Bottom. No, it's Hickenbottom.
0: Bro- Rosenbagger. Um, Rosenbagger. <laughs> your locker's over here. <laughs> uh, quoting lines from Rookie of the Year. Now you know you've made it.
1: <laughs> Gardenhoser. Um no, uh, with Hickenbottom, um, that was a that was a thing where literally the Hickenbottom to Michaels, just you didn't know where that began and where it ended. It really that got, that character got completely. That was one of the rarest breeds of character that didn't know where it ended and what began. So therefore, Triple H, as far as I'm concerned, he was the guy that was the steadfast, level-headed guy that was really understood the concept of just very simply well, working he was, hard.
0: He was straight edge before straight edge was straight edge. Exactly.
1: And he was very much head on his shoulders. And if a one was, and, and if anything was the one that was taking care of Sean, and I can imagine also in the background going, I would be able to carry this company a lot better than what's going on with the mentality of this. Uh, he's my best friend, but also I know I'm the guy that can take care of this company a hell of a lot better than what's going on right now. So therefore, I really do agree with the fact that uh, Trips would have definitely been able to take the belt, run with it with a, a, a lot Pure, a, a lot pure force, and uh, not having to not have to take the the ultimate warrior laydown, and not have to take the slot bucket challenges, and not the slot bucket matches, and not have to take all that stuff that really didn't suit anything to the the probability of where he was actually going, and the level of which he was actually going to rise to. So as far as I'm concerned, I think I, I totally agree with you. I think it would have been a longer run. I think it would have been a, a, a greater run than what we ended up seeing in the 2000s, and and um also the uh sean and and triple h saga that landed itself in the 2000s that it was great for what it was at that time it was unbelievable for what it was at that time but sean was in his absolute unbelievable prime at that point but mind you yes the guy was totally drug addicted but at the exact same time a lot of that stuff was also fueled by the fact that he was he would he was willing to go out there and put every single bit of his body completely on the line not as much as what was going on necessarily with the return run that he had before, so I think with those two completely in their prime at that time, we would have seen a lot better saga than what we saw going on in those matches. Not to take
0: anything away from what what they they gave us. Oh no, yeah, that point absolutely, either. absolutely. But you know what else we're missing too is the fact that if that happens, no curtain call, no Triple H eating it for a year. Uh, do we get a DX? And that's the thing is I believe that we would have gotten because the, this one event now changes the landscape of what WWF at the time did in the Attitude Era. Mm -hmm. There still would have been an NWO. But would it have been Sean and Triple H going to vids and saying, let us do this, because this is gold? Yeah. I don't think so. So if the curtain call never happens, we don't get a DX. And if we don't get a DX... We don't really get the same heat we had in the Monday Night Wars. And I honestly say this with a straight face, WCW wins the Monday Night Wars. And we don't have a WWF. And with that's WWF. a really good point. That's that's the way I see this. So this one event, so great with these storylines, this one event changes the landscape of twenty others after it. Mm-hmm. So if the curtain call never happens, we don't get a DX. We don't get the same steam and heat we had in the Monday Night Worlds. You still have Austin, you still have NWO, but you don't have DX to counteract the NWO. Mm -hmm. You only have one guy going at a band of, I don't know, 75 members at one point I think they freaking had. So, therefore, WCW, curtain call never happens, WCW wins the Monday Night Wars. And that's the thing. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure if WCW still would have won the Monday
1: Night Wars because I still think that the the WCW would have still transpired. Thinking just, just just thinking about it off the top of my head of the fact that um, when when NWO came into effect, it was really a matter of all all they did was just run the NWO into the ground. They didn't change anything else besides just literally run the NWO into the ground. Whereas Vince McMahon, regardless of whether or not DX would have actually even happened. Um, still had the wherewithal to understand the concept that we need to create these storylines going on within these guys, it's still the Vince McMahon mentality that I believe wouldn't have changed and would have actually still pursued it. Um, one way or another, it would have been a faction of some sort had it not been for DX actually coming around, and that simply became, came about because of the, all the rage that was really going on within Triple H from eating all the crap that he ate for the year, and then you know sticking it to Sergeant Slaughter and sticking it to all these guys that really didn't care much for that he didn't care much for from the fact that like i can run this company right way better than what the hell is going on right now and triple h already kind of knew that regardless of whether or not he, he ate the crap that he did and, and took <laughs> every single bit of it for that year but regardless i still think it would have been that vince mcmahon mentality that would have still stepped in there to find those storylines to keep those everything going to battleship the hell out of wcw regardless of just them running on literally that. While Vince McMahon had twenty ideas that were all working really well, they had the one idea that was just running right into the ground and just like a like a like a like a used car completely until all the miles ran out and it was just there was no more car left.
0: You know what you you, you make a you make a valid point. You do. You're right. I, I with all the other options that Vince McMahon had, uh, that was one shot that just wouldn't have been fired. That's the only difference. But you're right. Now that I look at it and I see your perspective. You're 100 percent right. I think the fans would agree, Rock so I'm going to give that one to you. But I'm still happy that Triple H didn't crack the year, <laughs> and I'm still happy that uh, I believe he would have gone on for a 400 plus day run. Dude, that was still a great point, though. The fact that it's like the, the the fact of of looking at
1: it that if there was no DX, then what would there have been to counteract the NWO? Because that's really the whole point of why D, of what DX really did for for wrestling at that point was the fact that everybody had something to watch one way or another when they weren't watching nwo they were watching dx so i feel like one way or another there would have been regardless if it was the name degeneration x it still would have come up as okay we need a faction to counteract this nwo crap because these guys are killing it these guys are killing us right Three now when words we need for
0: something. You. it would have been the nation of domination
1: or it might have been yeah it might it might have been the run with the nation of domination or the corporation completely run or having the corporation or one of those or actions. they would have, maybe
0: they would have started the ministry of darkness earlier, yeah, than they did in the attitude era. So there's you could go you could we could just go deeper down the rabbit hole on this one if we chose to, yeah. But let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to what if number two, and what if number two is? I don't have a drum roll, sound Effect. So I'll play. I'll, I'll play this. I'll play this. Okay. Well, um, my tag team division is full, but I hear that TNA is hiring. TNA's hiring. <laughs>
1: Drum roll from Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before, before, before I should get that. Nova I should lights. get the
0: whole Chevy Chase, like, epic rant. Holy yeah. hell. God damn. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> 10,000 imported Italian
1: twinkle lights. Oh. <laughs> oh. But the third, but the 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 second installment of what if is, what if there was, what if Hogan was not the third man oh. in the NWO? Oh.
0: Every wrestling fan out there just got a semi,
1: right? <laughs> what? What if? Really? Like, if it was uh, not Hollywood, Hulk Hogan, and who in this world? Might, now everybody's got Sting on their mind. Immediately, I imagine, but by myself
0: too, because I'm also a Sting guy. Sting was my guy in WCW, but I don't. I have a different. I have a different take. But I, I'm gonna let you go. No, I, actually, I went. I, no, I went first. Last okay. One. You go. So forget Hogan. Okay. I'll set the scene for you. Hall and Nash are there. The Outsiders. It's Bash of the Beach, 96. Yeah. They win. And now they announce the third man whose music hits. Mean Jean's in the ring. Bald, old, wrinkly. Mean Gene Oaklin is the
1: third man of the NWO. <laughs> 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 Who knew? Um, <laughs> no, I think... Uh, I think a, a very, very, very good choice for uh for a third man. Um Honestly, I I really think uh the more the more I think about it how cool it would be would uh to have uh Mark Halloway, to have The Undertaker. Literally not not have any music hit. Uh, Mark Halloway just walk down that aisle and just the camera just points in, and it's like, oh my god, that's 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 the Undertaker from from WWE, and everybody's losing their mind, or WWF at the time, but everybody loses their mind because they all know who he is, but they don't know why he's there, and they don't know what's going on here, and it all ties into... Um, that outsider perspective of keep it the outsiders of make it the outsiders make it the guy and especially with the whole kind of like biker gangster Look of everything that they so had this is the him. American
0: badass before the American badass.
1: Yeah, and essentially but this time It wouldn't be that kind of cheeseball American badass He's riding in on a bike and you know Chris and Kid Rock and all this stuff that was kind of cheeseball the hell out of what they were trying to do with what what I know the character was trying to do but however bring him in and make him the third guy Bring in Vince's guy. Bring in the top Vince guy. Everybody knows that he's the top Vince guy. He's the wormhole, rabbit hole guy that that stuck it out since day one. And have him come in and stick it to WWF and really stick it to Vince McMahon. Don't announce a damn thing and just bring the guy in. Choke slams the hell out of everybody. And then cut that same promo at the end, only it's really just completely directed at Vince McMahon that we are going to war right now. I'm done with you. I'm done with the way you treat everybody, how you underpay everyone, how they're all sick of your garbage and how you know you can pay everybody way more. And you're taking every bit of away from their families and you're screwing them up every single week with how much they give to you, I give to you, I give to you, I give to you, and you give me nothing in return. So guess what? Now I've joined the other side, and we're going to war, and we're going to kick the crap out of you right now. And everybody loses their minds, and it's just this total. And that cements
0: the Monday Night Wars. Hmm. So you take the face of, the, of one franchise and move them over to the other. It's 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 it's, it's wow. And then from there, you think of all the storylines that you would have lost. Yeah. You think of all all the the great Undertaker moments that you had in that span. Whew. And I think that
1: would have ultimately solidified Mark as well of uh, what I know he was trying to get out of uh, doing the corporate doing the ministry, and then having the corporate ministry completely take over, and now Undertaker's kind of in the background. Mark's really just kind of in that mode of like, crap. I really I, I was really enjoying being at the forefront of the ministry, and now I'm totally in the background because Vince has taken over everything, and it was me, Austin, and that ruined all of it. And it just a lot of these things that just kind of melted him. He made himself into the melting pot of. Um, And it was nothing away from his character because I think his character was absolutely awesome because it solidified it as if you're going to get to the champion you got to fight Taker first and if you can fight Taker and have a good match with him then you get to the champion and that was a really cool way of doing it with with him but however it would have solidified him as the leader of everything which is to me primarily where I feel like he should have been for for many of a situation but unfortunately it just never kind of worked out like that his character turned out amazing but I feel like that leadership role in the NWO would have really like just completely skyrocketed everything for what it, what it could have been. And he's a gangster
0: as hell, which Hogan is not. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a tough one to follow, man. I have two. I have two options, but I'm only going to pull out one. Go for it. But my, my other option, or I'll give an honorable mention after, was very similar to yours. I had a WWE slash F superstar in mind. But I'm going to go with an inside man on this one. I'm going to go with WCW roster. I'm going to go with. I'm building anticipation. Right on. No, okay. So, outsiders win. Mean jeans in the in the ring. We're about to find out who the third man is. But it's not a third man. It's another fraction. Faction. Like right on. Faction. You hear the. That's supposed to be horse hooves. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You hear that? And it's the four horsemen. Right on. It's Ric Flair. It's Arne Anderson. (sighs) Not Mongo. (laughs) It's Chris Benoit. Here comes Mongo. And it's Dean Malenko. Right on. So it's the new age four horsemen brought out a little earlier. But Ric Flair is is now heading the whole thing. And he changes the name, though. It's not the New World Order. He changes it to the ho- the, epo- the Horseman of the Apocalypse. Not the Four Horsemen, just the Horseman of the Apocalypse. Good name. He changes it to that, and it's all Flair. Just imagine it. Imagine all the garbage in the ring. What the hell is this? What the hell is this crap? Mm-hmm. And then, woo! Let me tell you something, main game. You know what I mean? That's what you get. And you get an epic Ric Flair promo. And it's a great way for Ric Flair, much like Hogan, to live out his twilight years. Recruiting the best of the best. But Ric Flair does it differently. He doesn't recruit the old-timers. No macho man. No six. Because now they already have six members, so there's no need for six. Mm -hmm. You get all the young guys. You get a Jericho. You get a Rey Mysterio. All the young guys now are coming up and Ric Flair's like the godfather of all these young cats. And all the young cats are kicking out the old timers. Taking out Hogan. Taking out Macho Man. Taking out Sid Vicious. Taking out Sting. Taking out everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's Ric Flair calling the shots. And that, I think, is a different, way better, better angle. It gives all the young guys the forefront, which they should have had in the get because the young guys were the workhorses. Mm-hmm. Jericho's Quoted it so many times in interviews, in the Monday Night Wars DVD, in all of it. He quoted it as they were the workhorses. They were told to shut up and just go out and have those five star matches in the middle of the card. But now you got Flair running everything. Yep. Flair takes out everybody, and he highlights it. And he kind of takes over the promotion, and runs the way he should, he wants to run. It. No, you never see Bischoff other than on commentary. Mongo stays on commentary. Tony Giovanni stays on commentary. Everybody's just commentary, and it's Flair and the young guys running the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. So in my vision, no NWO, the Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and it's Flair running the forefront, and then eventually down the line, because David was the only Flair in it at the time. David Flair would kind of come in and kind of be, you know, with his dad the forefront. I don't know how long the storyline would have ran. I'm gonna say it would have not ran as long as it did. Because I know Ric Flair. Ric Flair doesn't like to play. He always flip flop between face and heel. He never stayed at one point too long. So, yeah. So that that's that's why I picked Flair because I don't think the I, th- I think it would have cemented something really awesome, but it would have only lasted six to nine months, and then they would have moved on to something else. Fair enough. But that's the way I do it. My honorable mention, though, I had the same idea as you. I was going to go with Shawn Michaels because it would have tied into the click perfectly. Yeah. If he came out, and that's that's another really great name, dude. Yeah, Shawn Michaels was gonna be my name drop, but then you you threw out The Undertaker. I'm like, no, I gotta go to my backup. I had two ideas in place, it just depended on which way you were gonna flip flop. <laughs> I was gonna flip flop. So, yours though kicks a lot of ass, just no music comes out, boom. That's an epic speech, flair is an epic speech. I mean, it's all up to you guys, listeners at home. You know, tweet us after the show at Straight Talk. Uh, Instagram us, Facebook us, let us know your comments, your likes, because this episode is just a whole lot of fun. And, yeah. uh, it's a whole lot of, and give <laughs> us your what if, give us your what ifs, give us your takes on our storylines that we've listed here tonight. And now the culminating storyline, our number three what if. I'm not going to throw out, like, you know, a drum roll, but I'm going to throw out this. Just a whole lot of gunshots. And I'm going to queue up one of my Moro sound effects for when you drop the bomb. Let everybody know what what if number three is. What if the
1: Montreal screw job never happened?
0: MA BABAYOL! Oh! Oh! ARE YOU KIDDING ME!
1: Uh, um, there there are so many possibilities for that of just and I know all of you out there have all said the same thing of like, what what if I know you've done up and down research on like the Montreal screw job in general, of just how this thing all came to pass and what ended up transpiring of the backstage events. And that was really the backstory of what led to a lot of people wanting to find out about the backstory, the backstage events in general of what really goes down behind the scenes. And if what, it was that a work or was that not, or you know, that, that kind of thing. And so what if the Montreal screw job
0: never happened? I'm going to let you run with that. Two points to bring up right off the hop. If the Montreal screw job never happens, we don't get the epic Vince McMahon line. Brett screwed Brett we don't get that mm-hmm. so that's off the table now and we also don't get the epic ending to the uh awesome documentary that conveniently was shot at around the same time period which is Bret Hart wrestling with shadows which was an awesome documentary if you haven't had a chance check it out check that one out that's a really good documentary one of my personal favorites mm-hmm. uh wrestling wise next to uh Beyond the Mat Beyond the Mat was also a really good one too and then the Jake the Snake one. Those are probably yeah. my top three. All three of them are absolutely epic documentaries. And and epic in their own time periods, but are still classics now, which is great. Uh, Jake the Snake being the like, newest one. I think it's only like three or four years old.
1: Yeah, the resurrection of Jake the Snake and getting to go through his whole g- getting sober and really like to make changing his whole life around. And yeah. same with Scott Hall of uh, the, the epicness of seeing Scott Hall's life turn around as well.
0: Yeah, it was that's one hell of a one hell of a documentary. I think it's still on Netflix. I'm not sure. But if not, it's definitely on iTunes. It's, yes. worth, it's worth a rent or a pickup. But um, so we don't get those, those two storylines right up. We don't get that epic documentary, and we don't get Brett Screw Brett. And that sucks because Brett Screw Brett was like the classic line from that whole saga. But if the Montreal screw job doesn't happen, here's what I see there is no Stone Cold Steve Austin. There is no Shawn Michaels becoming the champion, there is no Stone Cold winning Rumble. Going into WrestleMania 14. There is no Mike Tyson. There is none of that. Take shape. If the Montreal Screwjob doesn't happen. And Brett keeps the belt. Very much the same thing goes down. Because he was going to WCW anyways. He was leaving. So there would have been no heat behind him. So therefore we don't get the incarnation of the Mr. McMahon character. It never comes to light. At least. maybe, Maybe a few years later. It never comes to light. But if that Montreal screwjob doesn't happen, maybe, just maybe, we see Bret Hart rescind on the WCW contract. Maybe he chooses to stay with WWE. And then the actual, um, the that New Age Hart Foundation they were doing at the time with the Bret as a heel, Owen, uh, British Bulldog, Jim the Anvil. Maybe that kind of becomes the new uh, faction of the modern era of wrestling that we were getting into. Yeah, they were the
1: biggest heels at the time. They were literally they were, the they biggest were. heels, and at they the time had great. Ever. You
0: had a great promo guy in Owen. You had the wrestling ability of all of them, but Owen was definitely the mouthpiece. I mean, Brett was the mouthpiece, but Owen, whenever Owen got on the mic, he was ten times better than Brett. and even Bretts admitted that that Owen was better mic skill wise. But we 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 get we don't we don't get all that, and therefore, you know what else we don't get. Owen Hart doesn't die. Because Owen Hart never joins up with Jeff Jarrett. He never dons the blue blazer outfit and he never goes down that rail for the Intercontinental title. Because Owen Hart wouldn't do that. If mm-hmm. he's in, if he's still in that New Age Hart Foundation. Right? Yeah. So that that's one point that I definitely have to make. If the what if on that situation is, if Brett doesn't get screwed. Owen Hart's still here entertaining us to this day. And you were right there with me. I was going to bring up that exact same point. Right? And I, I know this kind of segues into last week's episode because I'm just such a diehard Owen Hart fan. And, and no, it, but this is an important subject matter to actually talk about. Or it really, is. Just it. What would have what happened in that regard in
1: terms of the Hart family, in terms of just where it would have gone in general. And uh, sorry to interrupt you. you, you no, you no. Keep, I, keep, keep I, going.
0: I think Stone Cold Steve Austin still would have came to the forefront. He would have won the Rumble. But at WrestleMania 14, if Bret Hart rescinds on the contract, doesn't get screwed, and doesn't end up going to WCW, maybe that night instead of the screw job, maybe WCW gets screwed. Maybe him and Vince go behind closed doors and nail out a contract, mm-hmm. and they iron something out, and they say, "No, you're 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 it. You're staying here till your last breath kicks in, man. You're a, you're a WWE guy. You're not a WCW guy. This is what's going to go down. Maybe that's what we find out. And then at the end, and then we we're going to build Stone Cold and Bret Hart." Culminating WrestleMania 14. Could you imagine that for the title? Mm-hmm. I mean, take away Tyson, take away Shawn Michaels, take away DX. Great storyline. But man, imagine the Hitman versus Stone Cold. Yeah, we've seen it before, but this is for the title, man. This is for the title. Yeah. This, this <laughs> as a wrestling fan, those two guys, an up and coming Stone Cold, a, a solidified. Legend in Bret Hart? Shh. Bring out the popcorn, beer, and steaks, man. Put it on. I'll watch it right now. Exactly. That, 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 to me, shows so much. And then you know what? Stone Cold, he beats Bret, loses the title, and I even got one more step for you. So Bret's already a heel. What if Bret aligns himself with Vince McMahon and becomes Vince McMahon's lapdog? Go after Stone Cold because Stone Cold doesn't represent the company, and therefore we get the incarnation of Vince McMahon just a shy seven months later. That's the way I see it coming out. And then you got Brett as the ultimate heel with Vince McMahon aligned. It's over. Every 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 (laughs) wrestling league fan in their world just lit a cigarette. Well, I'll tell you, because they all blew their freaking load right now,
1: man. Yep. And I'll tell you something. I was laughing my. I was laughing my butt off the whole time I was listening to this because I'm like no that's literally the exact same thing that I was thinking like word like honestly like word for word of, tr- of transcription of the way that I saw this thing going if the Montreal screw job never happened and everybody could get along and everybody understood the concept that and, and obviously the Montreal screw job happened because of the fact that two dudes couldn't get along and that's really what it came r- what it came down to. One dude said to another dude, I'm not going to put you over. And that's literally what came down to it and why the whole Montreal screw job transpired in the first place. Everything you just said is exactly what I imagined for what I, what I would imagine the, everything transpiring if that had not taken place. Brett aligns himself, goes on to eventually align himself with Vinnie Mac, And that's the, that, that's the dominant heel that's going to take over for, uh, for what he needs to do to, to take out Austin. And who he needs to go to to take out Austin. Who do you need to go get? Get a hitman and get him to
0: take out Austin. Done. It's over. Just I just blew my mind. <laughs> I blew my own mind, right? <laughs> no, but it's 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 though it's those kind of possibilities that are endless. And I mean, we had this narrowed down to a top five. Another one we thought about was um, uh, what if Kevin, what if Kevin Nash and Scott Hall didn't leave WWE? That was another possible that we talked about, but we decided to scrap that. Because we already had the curtain call and Hogan, so we decided not to go with that. What if? But that's an honorable mention we could talk about. Is just say that that was one. What was the other one we were looking at? Whoa! What if? Uh, what if Triple H didn't marry Stephanie?
1: What if Triple H did not marry Stephanie McMahon?
0: Right. There was we wouldn't get the Helmley McMahon regime. We wouldn't get any of that stuff. There's so many endless possibilities of what ifs. But these three really, really um, were at that stretch of that year to two years. Where the landscape of wrestling changed, and the landscape of wrestling became it TV. It wasn't just "Are you a wrestling fan?" Shh. Yeah. It was "Are you a wrestling fan?" Hell yeah!
1: Right? Hell yeah! <laughs> I
0: what? Hundred percent wrestling fan.
1: You were saying hell yeah, and throwing your hands up in the air and swaying, and swaying your head your head back and forth and. You're making it look like you were drinking two beers at the same time, throwing your fingers up and the mill fingers up in the air. Oh yeah, and man! You, you were what, so excited to be a
0: wrestling fan. Right? That's how you greeted your friends. Like, what's up, bro? Hell yeah! Right? <laughs> or suck it. Like that's that's how you greeted your friends in that time period. And if these three moments don't happen, we don't have any of that.
1: And that's the best part is I'm going to bring up the most ultimate what if in the, ever in the history of what ifs when it comes to any wrestling storylines for all of these wrestling storylines. What if the Montreal Screwjob, particularly the Montreal Screwjob, what if that was done on purpose? And what if Vince McMahon knew what he was doing the whole time? And every single thing that transpired with the Montreal Screwjob, when everybody else was sitting back and asking Vince McMahon, and you can look it up, it's documented of how many people were sitting around the table before the Montreal Screwjob actually happened. And everybody was sitting there wondering, why is this grown man sitting with two other grown-ass men on the telephone uh, listening to this crap back and forth of, I'm not going to lose the title in Canada. I can't lose the title in Canada. though They won't think I'm a hero if I lose the title in Canada. Well, I, and then they're going back and forth with Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels going, I'm not going to put this guy over. I'm not going to do what he wants. I'm not going to do this. And these two guys acting like babies. What if Vinnie Mack was actually playing both sides and making it so that he knew that Steve Austin and Vince McMahon was going to actually happen the way that it did. And he needed to be the heel to make that happen. And what's the best way to make a heel happen? When you purposely do all of those things, especially when you have the camera angles and the shots and the way that these things are done so purposely and then you get into with the Montreal screw job actually in the way that they transpired that and the movie setting session that they said se- segment that they did at the very end of that program that nobody will ever forget. Nobody remembers the pay-per-view at all. They only remember that last segment The pay-per-view was
0: actually garbage. I remember that pay-per-view was pretty awful.
1: Yeah, and the fact <laughs> that everybody just kind of looks at that, and then they also look at the confidential. They'll remember the confidential forever because of exactly what you said, which is Brett screwed Brett. So great, line, forward, great line though. Great line, and that set up Vinnie Mac to be a Mm-hmm. So because everybody knows that he screwed Brett. So therefore there's no reason in the world for people not to hate this guy And so therefore now you got your hero and your your everyday hero in Steve Austin And then you got your most ultimate villain in Vince McMahon and what if Vince McMahon just knew what the hell he was doing the whole time and played the whole damn world for a fool and that ladies and gentlemen Is the new kayfabe and Vinnie Mac created says that kayfabe does not exist anymore it does. what if oh, it does. the real life kayfabe transpired when everybody thought that the nwo was oh that we're going to change their names to holland nash and we're going to make everything real we're going to make everything this is how we're going to make everything real well guess what what if vince mcmahon already had that going and was going to make things in real life and you even said it on the owen hart podcast Minnie mac was the one that was creating real life and everything that went on with bret hart and owen hart way back when when he already had those ideas and those plans in play to already get rid of all that stuff when everybody just thought that it was going to stay cartoony and just believed in their mind it was going to stay cartoony when just what if Vince McMahon just knew what he was doing the whole damn time? Mind blown. Exactly.
0: MY GOD! THERE ARE NO WORDS! Wow, man. I... You know what? I don't know. I don't know what I could say to that. All I could say is I'm exhausted. Right. And I'm excited. <laughs> and I want to keep talking. But I, I don't have the energy. I want to go to sleep right now. I'm so exhausted. My head is spinning in 40 different directions. Well, and, heard- here's, and here's the reason why. The reason why is because... These moments can make... I I just got chills. When I said moments, I just got chills. Because these moments set up the next 20 years of the business that you and I love so much. Right? And if these moments go a different way, then we may not love the business as much. Or we may have been cheering for very different superstars. Exactly, and it was a very easy way to figure that out. When you look
1: at the two gentlemen that were fighting so like children at that time about what was going down, and you can see that in Wrestling With Shadows. They expand on this in Wrestling
0: With Shadows. I think it's the last 20 minutes of the documentary. Mm -hmm. Ten of it is just that phone call. Exactly, and they expand on all of this, and there's so much documentation,
1: documented evidence of these two these two grown ass men acting like children and instead of that and it would be so easy and, and instead of the concept that it, it would be very easy for them to just sit down in a room talk about it and figure it out why the hell would you want to do that when you have the most ultimate storyline on your hands when everybody knows minnie mac loves to stir up the drama to make the storyline come to real life so why the hell would he want to do it any different and any otherwise so that being said what if we had an idea for another podcast, another podcast idea for next week. What if we do on our next podcast, well, what, what if, we throw that out there again, what if we call our next podcast The New Kayfabe
0: and make that episode 52? I like it. I'm not going to deny it. I like it. Rock and roll. So that's it. Next week, uh, we actually do have some announcements, though. That's it for today's episode, but we do have some quick announcements to make. Uh, the first announcement we want to make is let everybody know That the first 20 episodes of the Straight Talk Wrestling Podcast, where we were just getting our feet wet, we were just discovering things, where we were just figuring things out, are now going to be archived. They will be no longer available on all of our platforms after this Friday. So this Friday, guys, August 10th is the last day you will be available to get those first 20 episodes. So if you want to go back, download them, save them, listen to where we were, and then go and listen to this one and see where we're going. It's quite an epic journey. It's quite an epic story, and I can't wait for the next 50, next 100 episodes of what we're going to do here. Also, briefly want to touch on uh, some other things we've uh, decided. We're going to go on a new date and time. Now on, the Straight Talk Wrestling Podcast will be live or pre-recorded, released every Friday. So our first official next episode, episode 52, which you have just announced, is the new K-Fabe. That will air next Friday. Awesome. And next Friday is the 17th, because SummerSlam is the 19th. Yep. So next Friday we will have episode 52, the new kayfabe, and I cannot be more excited for that. And then right after that, we're going to get into our SummerSlam pre-show, which we will still go live with on Sunday, as we always do with every uh, pay-per-view. We'll break down the whole match card for you. And then the following week after that, episode 53, Vince Russo, the man who single-handedly saved and ruined wrestling. This episode is my Christmas. Owen Hart was my Thanksgiving. Vince Russo is my Christmas. (laughs) I am going to shoot on this doofus like you would not believe. I got a whole epic rant. Oh, bud, both
1: of you, you, you and I both united on that one for sure. I'm really excited to, to do a full-on shoot on Vince Russo and really just like kind of air out the fact of what We're going to break of-
0: down all the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. The early. The very little bit of good, the rest of all of the bad, and the super ugly that went along with Vince Russo. Right, and don't forget, as always, to follow us on all our social medias, which we will list after the show. And don't forget, Straight Talk Wrestling will now be live or pre-recorded release dates every Friday. That's the new day. Still 7.30. We're still going to give you guys some time to get home, eat, spend time with your family before you go into a dark corner listening to wrestling ghost stories. So that's it for me. I'm your host for the most, Jordan McKay. And you all know my cohort in crime. Steve the Animal Mitchell. Guys, that's it. We cannot be more excited for where we're going from this. Episode 51 is in the books. What if? Don't forget to go back and listen to all of our episodes, including the first 20. Because after this Friday, they're gone. They'd be gone. They'd be gone. So that's it for us can't wait next week don't forget episode 52 the new k-fave
1: can't wait have an awesome awesome night everybody peace thank you all so much for tuning in catch us every wednesday at seven thirty on spreaker stitcher spotify iheart radio itunes and google play music also be sure to follow us on our social media platforms Facebook and Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling and Twitter at underscore Straight Talk.